last one for the series before the summer, but um, it is a great question, um, and it is, why do bad things happen? Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, and I'm excited to share with you all. Um, I've been thinking about this, um, I've been reading up on this, and it has been something in my life, like I've ha- experienced pain. I've experienced difficult things, and so this is near and dear to my heart. So I'm excited to um, share with you about God's faithfulness, um, but we're going to start with a little activity. So I'm going to read a few statements, and if this statement applies to you, I want you to stand up, okay? So it's going to be a little bit vulnerable. might be a little bit weird, but I promise it will help us understand this better. So I'm going to read statements, um, and if it applies to you, I want you to stand up, and then um, stay standing until I finish all the statements, okay? Everyone got that? Okay. So, the first statement is, stand up if you've lost a family member. Okay, yeah, that's, um, okay, all right, keep standing, all right, stand up if you know someone with cancer. Okay, stay standing. All right, stand up if you've experienced a natural disaster, so a fire, a hurricane. You can stay standing, if you, you stay standing if it applies to you. Okay. Now, stay standing if you um, have failed a test. Okay. All right. All right, keep standing. All right. <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about which tests those are. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, stand if you've experienced a global pandemic. Okay. Yeah. All right, now look around the room. Look around the room. We all are standing at this point, right? Right? All of us have experienced something hard, and you aren't alone in that, right? We've all experienced these things. So you go ahead and sit down. So that was just a little demonstration. Um, so thank you for participating. Um, so we all have experienced these hard things, right? We mentioned a few of them. Um, we might ask, how can God be good and all-powerful? And these things in our world be filled with tragedy and pain. Like, we can see that around us. We can see it in our own lives. Um, Why does God let these things happen? Maybe that's a question that you've thought about. Um, How could he let people lose jobs during this pandemic, right? Um, They need to feed their families. It has affected their lives. Um, Or maybe someone's young child has died from cancer, and they didn't get to experience um, fullness of life. And so tonight we're going to look at why bad things happen, but why God is still good. All right, so we're going to go ahead and look at that. But to understand that, we have to look at the fall, right? We have to go all the way back to the beginning. So I'm going to give you the big picture. So try to stay with me. And we are going to go all the way back to Genesis. So this is when um, God created the world. Um, And we're going to look at when sin entered the world. Um, So this happens in Genesis in the Garden of Eden. If you remember, Adam and Eve, um, they disobeyed God. God had created this perfect world, right? Everything, and he called it good. Um, And he created it um, with intent and purpose. But Adam and Eve believed Satan's lies and decided to eat the fruit that God told them not to. Let me stand back a little bit more. Sorry, there's a ring. Um, And so they were, um, that's when sin entered the world, right? When they ate that fruit, they disobeyed God. Um, And we see people disobeying God all throughout the Bible, right? If you read that, you see people making those decisions. So God didn't make a broken world. He didn't make a world with these bad things. We broke God's world. Um, And it's sin that has brought brokenness into this world, we see this in child hunger. We see this in uh, injustices going on. We see this in mass shootings, um, whether that's in buildings or schools. And it's because of sin in this world that we all experience these difficulties. Um, but God, who loves us so much, um, just like Nick talked about last week. Um, sorry, 
sorry, it's very distracting. <laughs> Keeps changing. Um, and it, he's a God of mercy and grace. Um, and we, we remember that from last week. And so that's exactly why he sent Jesus um, to forgive us and to allow us to have a right relationship with him. It was sin that entered the world that separated us from him. Um, he has given us the gift of forgiveness and grace, but has also given us a choice to accept it. And so that's the big picture. Are we all tracking? Yes. Great. So that's in Genesis. That's the start, right? And that's when sin entered the world. So that is why um, bad things happen. And so even though we know the bigger picture, um, we still might be asking these questions, like how can there be a God with all of these sufferings and injustices? And that's a thought that both um, believers and non-believers struggle with. Um, and so it's like all these horrific things, like where is God? Um, but bad things are not an evidence against God, but they're evidence for God. Um, and so if we had a bucket and we said, labeled it like evil things, bad things, um, we could all put things in the, that bucket. We could all agree that maybe murder would be in that bucket. Can I get thumbs up? Right? Okay. Um, so murder, we have shootings, we have abuse. Those are things that we can all agree aren't right, right? Those are bad things. Um, and it's because that we can all agree on those things um, that showed that, that God gave us a moral standard. He gave us a standard of what's right and wrong in our hearts, um, and so I think that question can often cause us to struggle because we're like, where is God? But the fact that we can recognize those things as bad points to a God who let us recognize those things, right? He placed that standard in our heart. So um, what do we do now? We've established that bad things happen, right? Sin entered the world, and that is why it's difficult. Um, we live in a broken world. But as followers of Jesus, we aren't guaranteed... Um, we aren't guaranteed to have an easy life, and I know that's hard to hear. Um, life will be hard, but the good news is that we are promised God's peace and that God is good. And Jesus reminds his disciples in John 16, I think it will be up there. Um, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he gives them those words to encourage them in this tough world. So, as Christians, we are called to rejoice in the sufferings. We are called to rejoice um, in the sufferings. And Paul writes this in Romans 5, 1 through 5. And he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so Paul understands this the most, right? He suffered for the gospel. He was imprisoned. Um, he experienced that. And so life will be difficult, but we aren't alone in our trials, and that's what Paul wants to remind us. Um, God has given us peace and strength, like he says, um, he doesn't ask us to rejoice because of the sufferings. He asks us to rejoice in the midst of the sufferings. Because suffering, like it says, produces growth. It grows our faith. It strengthens our faith. And it allows us to rely on him. And it grows our character. Um, and I saw this firsthand in my aunt. I think I have a picture of her up here. Um, so this is like a couple years ago. Um, but I feel like if I was going to talk to her about her, I, would pro I should probably put a picture. So she's here. This is my older sister. And this is her son, my cousin. And that's me. Um, do I still look like that? No, kind no, of. Kind of. Yeah. Okay, so that was, that was like five years ago, so hopefully I've grown a little bit since then. Um, but um, I saw that in her. Um, my, my notes are flying everywhere. Okay, 
Um, so she had been battling cancer for a couple years um, prior to this photo. Um, and before that, she really wasn't living a life for Jesus. Um, she knew who Jesus was, but um, she wasn't really living for him. But um, through that pain and suffering, um, she came to know Christ, which was awesome. Um, and she relied on him to get her through that pain and that hurt for those years that she struggled. Um, and she didn't fear the outcome, but she rejoiced because she knew that God was in control and that he would use it to point to others. Um, we lost her two years ago, um, and of course it was really hard. Um, we still miss her, but um, we have seen God's faithfulness through that. It has brought growth not only in me and her and her life here, but also in my entire family. Um, and so that was kind of um, right rejoicing in the suffering, and she was such a great example of that. And I'm sure we can all think of people um, or experiences in our lives where we, we felt that growth of character. We've, we've felt that endurance um, in our own life. So we've established that bad things happen, and there'll be suffering um, in this life, but why should we rejoice, right? Paul says, tells us to rejoice, but why should we? And so we're going to talk about three things um, of why we should rejoice. And the first one is God cares. Um, so we know bad things will happen. I'm going to repeat this a couple times. Um, but we also know God's heart. Um, so God doesn't cause these bad things to happen, but he does allow them to. Um, and we have to know God's heart to understand this. Um, and it breaks for injustices. His heart breaks for pain and sufferings. And we see this in the story of Lazarus. So if you remember your Bible knowledge, um, so Jesus was out ministering, um, and he heard from Mary and Martha that his friend Lazarus was ill. And he waited two days to go and see them. They're like, Jesus, come, come and heal him. And he waited two days. So by the time he had gone back to Lazarus, um, Lazarus had died, and he was buried for four days. Um, and so we're going to pick up in the story in John 11, 32 to 37, um, about uh, Jesus' response. So now when Mary came to Jesus, where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And so the rest of the story that we aren't going to read is Jesus goes on to resurrect Lazarus. He goes on to heal him. Um, and Jesus wept, not because of Lazarus, but he knew the pain and the suffering that the family was going through. He knew um, the hurt and pain that death brought um, in, in this story. And so um, even though he already knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, it still broke his heart, right? We see that he wept. Um, and this is one of the fun only funerals in the Bible. Um, and we see Jesus' response to this. So Jesus feels the same way that he did for Lazarus for each of us. He hurts when we hurt, and he also understands our pain. And so as we look at that, um, we can remember that there is purpose in the pain. Um, and as I think back to my aunt, who I showed earlier, um, right, God didn't give her cancer, right? Cancer is a mutation of cells, and there's so many environmental factors that can happen. Um, and yes, he could have healed her, but he had a greater plan, and we could not see. Um, and she's with him, and she's free from pain and suffering. Um, and there was purpose in her pain, even though it was something hard, right? I talked about how much it had grew our family. Um, and so the next thing that we're looking at as about rejoicing in the suffering is that God works. Um, there's purpose in our pain. And we know bad things will happen. I'm going to keep repeating this. Um, and we know that God will use it for good. So God is working even when we can't see it. And he's using everything for good. He has gone before us and is with us. And we can't always see what he is doing. 
but we can trust that God has a plan and a purpose. Um, and in the early verses of the Lazarus story, um, we didn't read, but we're going to hear Jesus' response when he first heard that Lazarus was sick. And this is what he says in John 11, 3 through 4. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The death of Lazarus is meant to point others to Jesus. In the same way, um, right through my aunt's cancer, like we were able to see Jesus, and it pointed to Jesus. Um, and we can't always see what God's doing. I know that's hard to even wrap our heads around because we want to know, we want to see what he's doing, but we know that he is working. Um, and how I kind of process this was kind of a metaphor. So like if Nick was to tell you that um, Alana was bald, she shaved her head, right? I have no more hair. Um, you'd be like, okay, like I need to go check this out, right? And you can look at me and physically see if I'm bald or not and how silly I look or not, right? Now, if Nick had said Alana has COVID, right, you could look at me, but you really wouldn't be able to tell if I was contagious. You wouldn't be able to tell if I had it, right? It's hard to see. Um, we might have the eyes to see it. You could tell if I was bald, but if I'm contagious, you couldn't really, you couldn't really see what's going on inside my body. Um, and so I think that's kind of the same way. Um, it's similar to see that, like, God is working even when we can't see it, right? It's not an obvious thing sometimes. And maybe you get to see him work in your lives. But most of the time, right, it's behind the scenes. He's doing things that you can't even imagine. Um, and um, it's just comforting to know that, um, that he is a work in our lives. And he not only has a plan or a purpose, but he also has incredible, incredible power to bring healing and growth in these situations. Um, he has the power to lift up our hearts in our spirits, when we're afraid, right, when we're in despair, when we're confused, um, and healing comes from spending time with him. And so that's God works, but there's purpose in the pain. Um, and the last one is God plans. God plans. So we have God cares, God works, and God plans. I keep saying God's plan. <laughs> it's God plans. It's really a tongue twister up here. Okay, God plans. Um, so bad things happen. We know God cares. We know God is working, but it's still hard, right? It's still hard even hearing those things. But there is some good news, and I'm going to share. Um, we have eternal hope. We have eternal hope. Our hope is in the glory of the Lord, just like the Romans passage said that we read earlier. talks about the glory of the Lord, that our character has grown through suffering, and that produces hope. A hope in the gospel, which is Jesus. Um, we talked about Jesus coming to this world to bring forgiveness. And Jesus had told his disciples, like, I had already overcome the world. There is this hope that Jesus has already come. He's already overcome and that Jesus will come again to make things right. Um, and we know as Christians, right, this is not our forever home, right? There is something greater. Jesus is coming back. And Revelation, the last book of the Bible, um, there's kind of a foreshadowing of the future. And it's in verses tw uh, chapter 21, verses 3 through 4. And this speaks on this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So this is kind of a heavy little um, passage here, but Revelation gives us a glimpse into what um, it will look like when Jesus returns. And I know it's hard to imagine right now, but this is kind of a glimpse. This is a foreshadowing, um, so try to imagine it. Um, there will be a new heaven and new earth, much like 
what God had intended the earth to be right before sin entered. And creation will be made right for those that believe in him, and we will get to experience it. It will be without crying, mourning, and pain. But those that don't, um, that don't believe, right, will be experience pain and suffering forever in hell. And so that's what that uh, passage talks about. And this pain has been, uh, this plan, sorry, has been set into motion since the fall of the world. Um, and so we know bad things ha- happen. We know that God cares. We know God is working, and we know God has a plan, a future plan. So when we lose someone we love, like we all stood for. Um, or experience natural disasters, or see another death in the news, um, we can find comfort in knowing that God cares about us. He cares about our pain, he is working through our pain, and he promises a solution. He promises a plan in the future, and one day when Jesus returns, there will be no more pain, sufferings, or hurt. Um, And I know this is a hard hard topic. I'm sure you guys are all thinking about things in your life, um, trying to process this. Um, and we're going to go into small groups in a minute and kind of um, hopefully share and be vulnerable um, and get to share with each other what's going on in our lives um, or maybe how God has been faithful, right, in growing you through these hard times. Um, so when we're going through difficult things, let's remember that God is good. Bad things happen. God is still good. Rejoice in the suffering, like Paul talks about. Go to God for healing. Trust that he is working and set our hope in Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then we should have plenty of time for small groups. Okay. Um, Brett is going to come up and dismiss us, but I will pray first, and then we can head out to small groups. Um, Dear Jesus, Lord, thank you um, that we could um, gather together for our last SM night, Lord, and talk about you, Um, even though this is such a hard topic. um, This brings up a lot of emotions and pain um, and really... um, brings things to the surface, Lord. I pray that we would be able to comfort each other, that we'd be able to be vulnerable, Lord, that we would um, feel you, your presence, um, your peace and strength, um, that we would be able to lift each other up, Lord. Would you lift our hearts up, and would you allow us to process this together and ask hard questions. Um, Lord, I pray a blessing over small group time. I pray that they would be fruitful and that they would be good. Um, and Lord, I pray that we would have a great summer before we start um, the next season. And I pray all these in your name. Amen.